Hi, my wonderful sweet babies. It's Destin Choice. And for today's podcast, I really wanted to get on here and speak about financial advice that your parents really should have taught you. Now, long story short, you guys know when it comes to financial advice, I've been dropping gems left and right for the past year or so, speaking about how people could save money, how you could budget, how you could incorporate your money, and how you could just basically use it as a way to make sure that you're set for the future and make sure your kids are set for the future. And I never really made a full-blown video about finances. I figured, eh, this is, this is, who cares? No one's going to watch that shit. People just want to hear about what Cardi B is doing. People want to hear about conspiracy theories. People want to see me talk about scammers, confront scammers, and all that other shit. People want to see me out and expose the people talk about lick my kitty pranks and finger my poom poom pranks. And people want me to stuff my face with fucking alligators and shit. Nobody care about that shit. But evidently... Just at looking, at my, looking at my emails and looking at my DMs, a lot of you guys are obviously interested. So I decided to give my nice little take and give y'all who are blossoming into adulthood, aka a lot of y'all who are teenagers who are going to be adults soon, some of y'all who are in your 20s, 30s, and 40s who are open to listening. Because I don't know everything, and again, I'm not a financial advisor. I've said this in videos before, and I'll say it again. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial expert. These are just my personal experiences, the things that I've learned, how I learned it, and what I did. And I'll also give you guys books, resources, and things you can do, and how you can learn it on your own if you guys you guys want more details and information. And of course, really quickly, let me recommend y'all the books that I recommend that dumb shit down to the fullest. Read the book. Broke Millennial Takes on Investing by Aaron Lowry. Again, Broke Millennial Takes on Investing is a really, really good book. I've recommended it before. That shit breaks it down, dumbs it down, and gives you a lot of moral life lessons that y'all should really look into. But that book is just one of my favorites and really helped me to get on. I also recommend the book 10 to Get in 10, The 10 Laws of Financial Literacy. Or just type in The 10 Laws of Financial Literacy by Michael Scott McCain. 10 to get in 10 is one of the best books I've ever listened to. If you don't like to read because it's a long ass book, just listen to the audiobook and you won't regret it. That shit will literally humble you. It'll call you out, drag you worse than I can, literally make you feel like an intelligent person after you read it. Definitely go listen to it or go read it. And you're going to have to put an extra foot forward in order to grow. But this, but this is just my perspective and this is just my way of helping y'all. And a disclaimer, this is not sponsored by anybody. And a quick disclaimer, I'm not getting anything in return. This has nothing to do with, oh, I'm going to promote a course so you guys can join. I want you guys to join my course. This has nothing to do with that. This is not even one of those videos where I promote some dumbass $300 a month course like these other influencers. And I ask you guys to give me a whole bunch of fucking money so I can teach you guys how to make money. That's stupid. That's wrong. And it's a scam. And you should not invest your money towards those people who make those stupid ass boot camps on how you can grow your money. Because it's all a scam. And they're charging you way too much money for information that you could easily Google. Because there's a lot of experts who are speaking about shit. Meanwhile, they have no expertise. But anyways, here's just my outlook, my opinion, things that I've learned, and things that you can apply to yourself. Your relationship with money usually stems from how you grew up, how you perceived money. Rather, you had a whole bunch of it, a minimized amount of it, or a comfortable amount of it. Or if you had close to nothing at all. If you grew up poor as fuck, not having much, getting evicted... Group of parents that were always struggling, more than likely you have a very insane mindset when it comes to money. You think money is evil, you think money is terrible, you think the rich are evil, you think the rich are terrible because they make all this money and they exploit people and they take advantage of people and life is so hard. Then you have an unhealthy relationship with money. And for someone that grew up very privileged, your parents didn't teach you shit about money, but your parents always made sure you had a roof over your head or you didn't grow up watching your parents struggle, more than likely your parents worked very, very hard. Did well for themselves and make sure you don't have to worry about that kind of shit. But now it bites you in the ass because now you don't know what the fuck to do with your money because your parents kind of framed you to be dependent and reliant on them. More than likely, I take that as your parents probably grew up poor and they broke the cycle of poverty themselves. 
So because of that, they didn't teach you shit about how to manage your finances because they had to learn shit the hard way as they went along. They had to learn while they earned. And that's why a lot of you guys didn't, know, didn't learn shit about money, don't know shit about money because your parents purposely set you up so that way you could be relying on them. Your parents purposely, purposely set you up so that way you don't start a business, so that way you don't become independent, so that way you take your big ass right to school and you learn everything as you grow, you make mistakes, and whenever you do make mistakes, you go to your parents and you let your parents correct it or financially fix it. That's not good either. Because I don't give a fuck if your parents grew up with money. If your parents made you relying on them and you feel dependent on them because you watched them literally take care of your whole life and they literally didn't teach you shit about credit, financing, how to write a fucking check, then your parents pretty much failed. There I said it. They failed because they should have taught you something if you grew up comfortable and with parents with money. Because what the fuck is the point of your parents having all this damn money, resources, and learning all this shit and they teach you nothing? There I said it. Now go cry and go run to your mom like you always do. Now nah, I'm joking, but for real, for real. Let's be honest. So you have to first things first, figure out and reevaluate your thoughts on money, how you perceive money. Because it doesn't matter how much money you make, what major you go in, or how much money you make a year. If you make six figures a year, amazing. If you make five figures a year, great. If you make a good amount of money so you're comfortable to pay your bills, sporadically travel, you know, splurge on Netflix, splurge on Amazon then you're probably doing pretty fine for yourself. And I'm sure a lot of y'all watching this do fine for yourself. But please be mindful that it's not how, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep, i.e. paying yourself first. Now, growing up, I used to always hear this dumbass saying, pay yourself first by rich financial gurus. I would always be like, what the fuck you mean pay yourself first, bitch? How am I going to pay myself first? I'm going to fucking employ myself? Realistically, yes, you kind of can. Or you can set yourself up for the future. Now, let's be real. A lot of us aren't thinking about what, what we're going to be doing at 60 years old. We're worried about what we're going to be doing in the next five years and 10 years because a lot of us have school, student loans, obligations, kids, this. A lot of us ain't worried about being 60, 70, and 80. We're not worried about that. We're worried about the next two, three, four, five years and if we're going to get our finances together. That's what a lot of us are worried about. But the term pay yourself first is very important because if you pay yourself first, you'll be set up for when you're 30, 40, 50, and you'll be set up for the next five years if you pay yourself first. But think about it like this. Everyone is fully capable of creating an emergency fund. I don't give a fuck who you are. Everyone is capable of it. Get a piggy bank, one that you can't open, $5 in that shit every time you go grocery shopping because you guys know how you go, hey, when you go grocery shopping and they ask you if you want cash back, select cash back and every time you go grocery shopping, you select, yes, I want $10 cash back and that $10 doesn't go to you, it doesn't go for Subway, it doesn't go for a fucking McChicken or a candy bar, it goes towards your piggy bank. So every time you go grocery shopping, you see the option for cash back, select, yes, you want cash back. That's just a good example. Throw that shit in your piggy bank and boom, you're good. You go to a store, cash back, select yes. Because guess what? That money's going back into your piggy bank. It's not just going on some random shit. It's not going on drinks or Starbucks or something you don't really need. It's going to your piggy bank. Something that may come in handy in your future for when you want to make that big move. For when you're ready to buy that car that you want. For when, you want for, for, for when you're ready to move abroad and move to a different state or move to a different country. That's just one way to pay yourself for it. That's the easiest way to do it. That's just a good example. Just take out a little bit because a little bit goes a long way. Because a lot of y'all can sit up here and say, uh... That's too much. I can't do that. Oh my God, my ass hurt. My head hurt. I can't. Bitch, what are you talking about? You can afford to spend $60 a month on Uber Eats. Wasn't you just on these damn food delivery apps? How much was all that shit you paid right along with that damn state tax and the tip that you left? I'm sure you paid like, what, like $50 for that recent food delivery app food that you just bought. So you can't put $100 off to the side every paycheck? I don't want to hear excuses because a lot of y'all can splurge on Starbucks. If you could literally drive your ass to Starbucks every single week, every single day, and be like, you know what? I want that $6 pinkity drinkity. I want that $7 
Caramel Macchiato. I want that $9 Venti or Trenta Starbucks, bitch. Make your own damn coffee. Anyways, don't live beyond your means. Don't keep up with the Kardashians. Don't keep up with the Jones. People say don't keep up with the Jones, but I just say don't keep up with the Kardashians. You don't have to buy all this expensive shit that you don't need. You don't have to keep splurging on nonsense you don't need. I know it sounds cliche and annoying because you hear it all the time. And it's not that easy to just stop. But truth be told, you really don't. Which leads me to my next point. Stop trying to keep up with the Kardashians. A good example is people who buy luxury items. A lot of people are out here splurging their money on nonsense. They'll go to the Louis Vuitton store, buy a $700 wallet, and then they'll clip it onto their belt. To be like, see guys, look at that, look at this. No one fucking cares. They think, oh wow, so cool, social status. But a lot of times people are going to be trying to contemplate if it's fake. Because everybody has one or everybody is trying to look good with one. Or everybody's going to be like, oh wow, that's so cool. I wish I had one. And they may for the moment feel bad about themselves. Or they may for the moment be jealous of you. Or they may for the moment look at you as someone with status. I've had moments where I'm like, damn, like I would really like a Louis Vuitton you know, shoulder bag to go with that nice little outfit I got. And those dope ass shoes that I bought. But then I think to myself, what the fuck would I want to spend $1,600 on a fucking shoulder bag for? What, what, would I, what, what would that do for me? Am I really buying that for me or am I buying that to look good for other people? Because every time you leave the house, you're looking presentable so that people can perceive you to be a certain way. So that way you can get better drinks at the club or you can get better access to certain things. Because everybody knows people judge you by your looks. And I hate to say it, but human beings are shallow. Human beings are shallow, and human beings judge you by how you look. And if you do have a lot of expensive stuff on, people are going to automatically think you're wealthy. But guess what? If you look expensive, but you're balling, but look like you're balling, you'll still be fine. You know, you can still spend a decent amount of money to like, let's say, 80 bucks on an outfit instead of spending a thousand bucks on an outfit. You're going to have to, of course, figure out your relationship with money. And also, I got to just say this really, really quickly before I get into the nitty gritty. Don't feel like you got to go to college. Don't feel like you got to go to a technical school. Don't feel like you got to go to school, period. If it means working in nine-to-five jobs, driving with Uber, doing delivery driving, Uber Eats, working as a server, do that. Don't go to college. It's better that you work a shit job for minimum wage and then eventually build yourself up to a manager position, focus on your goals on the side, make time to prioritize what you want to do with your life, and then figure everything out in the long run. It's better you do that than fucking rush to get a fucking degree that's going to fucking cost you six figures in debt. If you don't want to go to college, don't do it. That's financial advice number one. Don't do financial things you don't want to do. And don't let anyone make you feel bad for not wanting to go to school. If you want to work a regular job, go for it. Just as long as you tell yourself that it's temporary and you're going to get what you can. Rather, it's the experience, the pay, and then elevate. Just, you know, be ready to elevate. That's all I'm going to say. Because at the end of the day, Ashton Kutcher said it the best. Every job should lead you to your next best job. So first opportunity. I believe that opportunity looks a lot like hard work. When I was 13, I had my first job with my dad carrying shingles up to the roof. And then I got a job washing dishes at a restaurant. And then I got a job in a grocery store deli. And then I got a job in a factory sweeping Cheerio dust off the ground. And I've never had a job in my life that I was better than. I was always just lucky to have a job. And every job I had was a stepping stone to my next job. And I never quit my job until I had my next job. And so opportunities look a lot like work. You know what I'm saying? Take what you can from this job and it'll elevate you to your next business venture in the future. But let's get into the real logistics. How easy it is to invest. The word compound interest. 
if you're young and you're not even 18 yet, or if you're just starting your adulthood or you're in your 20s, learn this word now. Compound interest. Internalize it, hear it, learn about it, read about it, Google the saying, and learn about it again. Compound interest. Compound interest means throwing your money in something that's going to that's going to grow in the near future. AKA things like real estate, things like stocks, things like cryptocurrencies. And real quick, I've done a video on my main channel on YouTube about stocks, so go watch that if you're interested. But here are some apps I recommend: Robinhood for U.S. people, eToro for for UK Europe people, and IC Markets for Caribbean people. Now, for cryptocurrencies, I recommend Binance or Crypto.com, both which are international. Do your research. Do yourself a favor and check out those apps, Binance or Crypto.com. It's self-explanatory. Things like your retirement account, compound interest, things that grow over time when you invest money into it. Those are just good examples. Compound interest. Learn about it again because you need to learn that word if you want to be financially stable in the future. You don't have to jump into cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Shiba. You don't have to do all that stuff that all the TikTokers are doing and all that stuff that all your favorite influencers and all your friends. You don't have to do all that stuff. You can, if you can't understand it, that's fine. There's plenty of videos out there on YouTube that will teach you when you're ready. But if you don't understand it, it's fine to say you don't understand it and it's fine to invest into other things. There's so many different things you can invest into. If you want to invest into that shit, invest into a retirement account. Now I'm going to put y'all on. Go on charlesschwab.com, Vanguard, Fidelity. There's so many different brokerage accounts that you can make. I recommend Fidelity because it's easy to use. And I also recommend Charles Schwab. But those are brokerage accounts. And those brokerage accounts can help you prepare, prepare for your retirement. And it can help you prepare and invest. It can also show you step-by-step how to invest in the stocks. Those are brokerage accounts. Those are the type of bank accounts that you can literally make online that help you manage your portfolio, your retirement account, your will, your trust, your college fund. You can manage all that shit yourself. Even if you have kids, you can literally make your co- your kid a college fund online. So you see what I mean here? Don't none of y'all motherfuckers have any excuse. You can literally make a whole college fund, a trust, a will, a savings account, and a retirement plan online using Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab. But the best thing that you could ever invest into is a retirement account. Now, hear me out before y'all say, oh, well, that, 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 that's ridiculous. Why do I care about when I turn 58, 59, 60? Why do I care about that? Here's what you don't understand, though. If you prepare, you ain't ever got to worry about getting ready. There's a saying that goes like this. If you stay ready, you don't have to worry about getting ready. It's almost like if you always got your guard up and you always prepared for the worst, you don't ever got to worry about if a hurricane come. Because guess what? You're prepared. If your windows are always shuttered, if you always got a supply of food in your in your garage, you don't ever got to worry about the hurricane fucking you over if you're in a if, if you're in a pitfall. If you got a generator, if you got renters insurance, if you got all those things, you don't ever got to worry about a storm ever hitting you because you're ready. You're always ready. So it's better to always be ready than to have to worry about getting ready last minute. If you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. So why not just prepare now? So not only can you invest into your retirement, there's things that you could in, that you could literally benefit off of it now. If you pay taxes, you could well, we all pay taxes. That's obvious, right? I hope we all pay taxes. I hope. <laughs> Anyways, you can literally write all that shit off on your taxes. So if you invest $2,000 a year, that's $200 a month into your retirement, you can write all that shit off on your taxes. And then within 10 years, if you want, you could withdraw all that money that you've accumulated in your damn IRA. You probably put like what two thousand a year for ten years straight. That's about twenty thousand dollars in a decade. You'll have twenty thousand dollars 
that just passively left your passively left your damn checking account. Now, I know some of y'all are saying, oh, 20K is, is that's, that's, that's not a lot of money for 10 years. That's a lot of fucking money for 10 years. And don't hit me with that bullshit. That's not a lot. Because that's a lot. 20K is a lot in 10 years. Just put $200 a month. All it takes, $200 a month. It'll build over time. You're investing towards your retirement. And if you don't want to have that money for your retirement, you can literally liquidate all that money and you can invest it towards a business or you can invest it towards real estate. Of course, you'll get taxed on it. But if you want to use it for like education because you want to go back to school, if you want to use it and take it all out and put it into your kid's bank account or put it in your kid's trust fund or will, guess what? You can take all that money out and allocate it somewhere else. Or you can put even beneficiaries in your own retirement so that if something happens to you or you pass away, your kids can rely on that 20 racks that you just raised in 10 years because you're, not, you're no longer on this earth. You see what I mean? So there's so many things you can do. With retiring and thinking about your retirement now, you can make sure you can make sure your future generations are safe. You can make sure that you have enough money for if you ever want to invest it into something else. You don't have to rely on that money to just be there for retirement. You can always liquidate that shit. If you come across a financial trouble, you can liquidate that shit. And plus, guess what? When you make a retirement account and you invest into your, it's called an IRA, traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, make one, you can allocate that shit and it could be seen as your net worth. You can allocate that shit towards financial troubles. If you're having troubles financially or you need money now, like ASAP, you can withdraw all that shit. Yes, you will pay taxes on it because that's the thing. They do that on purpose because they don't want you, let's just put it this way, the rich don't want you to save money. They want you to <laughs> spend all your money and waste the rest of your money paying taxes. So yes, you'll have to pay taxes on that 20 racks that you just withdrew from your fucking retirement account. But think about this, at least it's your money. It's being taxed. But it's still your money. See what I mean? So that's just a good example. So preparing now is never bad. So always prepare early. And even if you don't want to do retirement account, you can always do things like life insurance, aka whole life insurance. Whole life insurance has things like an alive benefit. So if you get like a $600,000 life insurance policy, if you want, you could take policy loans out of it. You could take like five racks out of it. If you want to take five racks out of your six hundred dollars policy, then you'll be good. Now, of course, I'm not too completely educated about life insurance. I just know that it's a very good asset and it adds to your net worth. Many celebrities have them. Many families have them. Many white folks have them. Many Jewish people have them. And many wealthy Caribbean families have them. Do yourself a favor and look into life insurance. Talk to a financial advisor. If you don't want to do that, you can do things such as starting your own business. If you're someone that does hair and nails, turn that shit into a business. You're already a business anyways. Now, fun fact. A lot of y'all don't realize this, but a lot of y'all are probably hiding from the IRS because a lot of y'all probably do hair on the side at your house. You're a business. But a lot of y'all don't realize this, but you really should report your revenue to the IRS. And a lot of y'all probably won't report your revenue to the IRS because y'all are trying to run from Uncle Sam. I get it. Uncle Sam sucks. He's annoying. But if you do nails on the side, you sell food on the side, open up a LLC. Now, here's an example of an LLC. It basically is a pass-through business entity. So if you register yourself as an actual business under the state that you're living in, you will be able to, one, apply for business credits. You'll be able to build business credit in the long run. The longer your LLC exists, you'll be able to approve for high loans. You'll be able to get a big-ass loan if you want to open a brick-and-mortar restaurant or you want to open an actual grocery store in your future because you sell grocery stores at your apartment. If you already do something that'd be considered a business, then why not incorporate it and register it? Being an LLC also gives you liability protection, which means if someone ever sues you because let's say you do nails at your crib 
And guess what? They want to sue you because they slipped on some acetone. They accidentally got an infection or some shit. Now they can sue you. But they can't sue you for shit that's in your personal account. They'll only be able to sue you for what's in that business account. So an LLC being registered as a business separates you from your business. So your business is basically like a fucking human being. So if they want to sue you, they got to sue the actual business. And your business is completely separated from you. So again, if you run a business, LLC. So that way they only get what's in the business bank account if anyone sues you. There's a whole bunch of companies that will do all the work for you. All you do is pay them like $500 and it'll do everything for you. The longer your LLC exists, the more you're aging yourself. The longer your business entity exists and the state recognizes you as an actual business, the better. So even if you're not making shit, still incorporate because that'll benefit you in the long run because that means you've been in business for so many years. Also, credit. Credit, 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 credit is so important. I've said this once and I'll say it again. Having no credit is just as bad as having bad credit or worse. If you do not have any credit, don't feel bad. Okay, there's plenty of people who are in their 30s and 40s and 50s who grew up being told credit cards are evil. They're the devil. Don't get a credit card. Get a credit card. But a lot of y'all won't be able to approve for credit cards, sadly, because a lot of y'all don't got no credit. Or, or a lot of y'all have parents that have fucked up credit, so a lot of your parents can't help you out with the whole credit thing. So do yourself a favor and get a secured card. A secured credit card. So here's the, here's the difference between a secured and an unsecured credit card. A unsecured credit card is what your regular person would have. It's, it's the one that your cousin, brother, sister, relative, and everybody has. They spend, 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 spend. It's not their money, but it's the bank's money. And they just pay the bank back. They go on their phone, they pay their bill, and then boom, they're done. You just log into your, your mobile banking app. You pay your credit card with the money that you made from your job because you're paying them back and you're good. So that's just what it is to get a credit card. It's not your money. It's their money. You pay it back. And if you pay it back and you show the banks that you're worth, you're, you're worth their time, and you show them that you're responsible, they'll boost your credit score. Sounds great. But a lot of people can't build their credit. I was one of those people who couldn't build my credit because both my parents have fucked up credit. So my parents couldn't put me on or teach me about this shit. And plus, unfortunately, I grew up with a mother who was irresponsible. My mother was very irresponsible. She never paid her bills on time. She always had shit in collections. She was always borrowing money from people, always splurging through her damn money. Her credit was fucked up. She one time had to have my brother literally fuck up his credit just so she can get an apartment that was way too expensive that she couldn't even fucking afford because she was so caught up on the ideology of trying to keep up with the Kardashians and keep up with the Jones. She got this expensive ass apartment she couldn't afford. So she made my brother and got her ex-boyfriend at the time to co-sign and use their credit, which was good in order to get this bougie ass apartment that wanted a minimum of a 650 for her to move in. My mom had like a had like a 400 credit score. Her credit score was very fucked up. And because of that, I remember looking at that and being like, damn, so we get, we're not getting approved for all these apartments because your credit's fucked up? How? Is life that fucked up? Are they trying to be mean? But then I realized it was because she was irresponsible. So I remember as a teenager, I always told myself, yo, no matter what, I'm always going to make sure I always have good credit because the fact that my mom got denied so many fucking apartments and we had to like live in fucking hotels and shit, live with family members, live with friends, live in motels because she didn't have good credit really pissed me off. She had, she was making a decent amount of money or she was doing fine at some point, but then she would like fucking live beyond her means and get some extra nice apartment she couldn't afford and that would fuck up her credit so the more evictions you have if you have a car repossession if you have things like student loans those things can fuck up your credit but i thought my mom's credit was fucked up and that was the end of that my mom was always talking about how she was going to find someone to help her fix it find someone and she'll give them money and they'll fix it for her but 
she can never find no one. And that she used to irritate me because I used to be like, damn, like, why does life do this? Why is life like this? But then I grew up to realize it's her fucking fault. So if you don't have good credit, it's your fucking fault. There's no one to blame for why you have fucked up credit other than yourself. So an unsecured credit card is the best way to build credit. But if you can't build credit with a credit card because you can't approve because you have fucked up credit or your parents took out loans on your name or your parents used your credit and they fucked it up or you got student loans, even if you have bad credit, you can get a secured credit card. Let me explain. I've talked about this in one of my videos, but I'll explain it again. A secured credit card is when you go to your bank, you can go to any bank. If you are in America, even if you're 18 years old, if you're at least of age, you can go to your bank and they will help you. Any bank, right? It's Citibank, it's Capital One, Bank of America, go to your bank. Talk to them, ask them for a secured credit card. A secured credit card is when they ask you to put down some collateral, i.e., bitch, give me some money, we'll lock this shit onto a fucking card, and you spend it like you're a regular credit card user, but guess what? It's your money. So you're proving to us that you can handle managing your own money, and eventually within six months, will give you a real credit card that's worth way more. And guess what? You'll be able to build your credit even better. So a secured credit card will actually help you build your credit. I got my credit score from zero because I didn't have no credit when I was like 18, obviously. From zero all the way to like fucking 650 because I was building my credit. I was just starting out. A secured credit card, I had that shit for two years. I had that shit for two years, never used another credit card. All I used was my secured card. I used it. It was my money. Pay it down, do it again. Pay it down, pay it again. Use it, pay it down, you do it again. I would just repeat the process. So a secured card is literally your money on a mock credit card. And it helps you build credit. Anybody can get one. Even if you got fucked up credit because of your student loans and you're not making them on time. Even if you got fucked up credit because you spent you know, way beyond your means and you fucked up your old credit cards and you weren't doing good with your old credit cards, you can get a secured card. Anybody can get one. Banks just don't tell you that because the banks, banks want to make you reliant on them and they want to keep charging like $200, $300 every year for interest because the more credit card debt you have, the more they'll charge you an interest. Like, oh wow, you're taking too long to pay your credit card off? Oh wow, it's been two years, it's been six months and you still haven't lowered it enough? You know what? Let's add a 2% interest. So at every month, as you're trying to pay down your damn credit card limit, they're adding interest every six months or every year, making shit worse. You kept you kept paying like what twenty five dollars a month the minimum balance, and they're making shit worse by saying you know what let's add an extra eighty five. It's been six months. Let's add an extra one hundred dollars. It's been a year. See what I mean? With a secured card, they do have annual fees sometimes, but a lot of times your secured card will help you. It's there to benefit you. And shout out to my banker that got me my first that that put me on because when I when I was turning eighteen, I didn't have a bank account. My mom was irresponsible. She didn't teach me none of that shit. I had to learn all that shit on my own. I made a bank account. And once I made a bank account, my banker was this really sweet Hispanic lady. I think she was Cuban. And she told me, get a secured card. It'll help you in the long run. We obviously can't give you a credit card with like five grand because you're only 18. You have no credit. Your parents don't have good credit, so they can't help you and put you under their credit card. Get a secured card. Find a way to get us $400. Give us $400 minimum because a lot of banks have a minimum you have to put down. Some banks have 500, some banks will give you 200. The more you put down, the better. There's no maximum you could put, like, there's no maximum. You can put down as much as you want. If you have $1,000, put it on a secured. If you have $800, put it on a secured. Overall, however much they want, put that much down and use that shit like a regular card and pay it off. And within six months, you will have 
a credit score of at least 600. And then as the months go by and as the 60 days go by or as the weeks go by, you'll probably have at least a 680 by the end of the year. That's the best way to put it. So work on your fucking credit. It is so important. If you ever want to get an apartment, you need credit. You want that car? Oh, you need credit. Or you got to put down more. You want that nice car? Oh, you want you want you want that Toyota Prius? Oh, sorry, it's a requirement of a six fifty. You don't have no credit, or your credit's fucked up because of all those student loans. There's still time. They teach us that our credit is fucked up until we go to school, and we think we got to keep pulling out more loans to pay for school, and more loans to pull this out and pay for this, or more loans to buy that car. But you don't need none of that shit. Get a secured card, build your credit, because without credit, you can't do shit. You can't get you can't rent nothing. You can't get a decent home. You you got to fucking put down more of a bit of a down payment because the banks don't trust you. So they're not about to give you no money to get a home. And if you start way too late to start building your credit, if you're 30 years old and you've never built credit, if you're 25 and you still ain't built credit, the longer you have fucked up credit or the longer you have no credit, the worse. I've been building my credit since I was 18. I'm 22 now. It's been about four years. It's going to be five years soon. Build your credit. Start building that shit. If you're a teenager, build that shit. If you're going on 18, build that shit. Don't listen to what the fuck your parents say. Start building your credit ASAP. Don't let them tell you. You don't. Build your credit. Build your credit. And if they say, oh, no, you tell them choice that fuck you and you want to build your credit. But only do it if you're white. No, I'm kidding. But real shit. Build your credit. Also, I got to wrap this up because I know this is a fucking long ass podcast. Inflation is very much real. I really want to talk about inflation. And truth be told, y'all got to hear the truth about inflation. Inflation is basically when they run up the prices of shit because life is getting expensive. I.e., more people keep moving to America. More businesses keep moving to America. Taxes are getting expensive because of overpopulation. People are getting sick. People are complaining about a lot of things that are happening in their cities and towns. So they're raising taxes to clean up the roads, fix up the damn potholes that are in the streets, clean up the grass. Because there's more population. The bigger the population gets, the more people have kids, the more of an issue the world becomes. The world's overpopulated. So taxes are always going up. Inflation causes gas prices to go up. Milk goes up. Bread goes up. Meat goes up. All that stuff goes up. So since inflation is so real, I want everyone to understand that concept that when things go up in value, you need to be very, 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 very careful, i.e. investing. So when you put your money into a savings account and you lock that shit up into a savings and say, whatever, that savings will cover me for the next 10 years, the next two years or one year, that money that you lock in your savings account should only be your emergency fund. You should be investing the rest of your money into crypto and stocks or a retirement plan or investing it towards real estate or looking towards starting a business or investing that money towards a mutual fund or, or looking into investing that money into something that's going to benefit you in the long run. Like things like life insurance, you know, don't just... Don't long story short, inflation is gonna make sure your money that's in a savings account be worthless. So if you're putting all your money in a savings account and that's it, you're fucking yourself over. A lot of people got like 50k in their savings account. Guess what? That 50k is for just in case they wanna buy a home in the future, in case they wanna buy some groceries, or if a shutdown happens, they'll make sure it'll make sure them and their three kids are good. That's not gonna do shit in the next 10 years because guess what? That 50 racks can not only cover close to shit. 
because now everything is so expensive. That home they thought that 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 you probably thought you could afford with that fifty k, right along with those groceries and that emergency fund, that home just went up in value because taxes went up. Overpopulation. There is more people living in the state that you're living in. More people are moving to your state. Taxes have just gone up. Milk is more expensive. Gas is now ten dollars a gallon. Milk is now seventeen dollars a gallon. So all that stuff you thought you could afford with all that money in your savings account. You can't afford as much as you thought you could because you just let it sit there. So put a, a good percentage in, in, in an emergency savings account and then put the rest in things like stocks or retirement account, life insurance. You have to diversify your portfolio. That's what the rich be doing. That's what wealthy people do. They diversify. Put some of that money in your kid's college fund. Put some of that money in a, reti- in a retirement plan, like a Roth IRA, traditional IRA. Or if you have a business, in a SEP IRA. You could literally put a, a, a most 50 grand if you're a business owner and you have a SEP IRA. A SEP IRA is a retirement plan specifically for business owners. You know, Put your money in different avenues, a trust fund, a will. Put your money in things like stocks and crypto. Ignore it, forget about it, and let it grow over time. Put your money towards... Your pension plan, your job, if you have a good job that offers a 401k plan, aka a retirement plan that you could drain from when you want to go traveling or you want to retire, you could put that towards your 401k plan. You know, put your money towards a single 401k plan if you're a business owner, you know, a solo 401k, a single 401k is something that you can make by yourself if you make good money online, if you make good money as a self-employed person. All that money you fucking make has to be invested because guess what? The world is always changing. What the fuck are you going to do in the next 10, 20 years when that five racks that you got saved up can't even afford half the shit that you want to buy? Because life is more expensive now. Don't just let your money just sit there in an emergency savings account. Put a good amount in, yes. But the rest, your savings account should be thrown into investments because you're just literally killing yourself when you just have money just sitting there not spending. Lastly, cut back on things that you don't need. If you don't need a car, don't feel bad about getting rid of your car. Don't worry about if your friends or family are going to jet. Fuck them. If you're someone that's always staying at home, you work remotely because you work with Apple or you're, you're, you're an online virtual teacher or you want a business or an online shop, please do yourself a favor and get rid of your car if you don't need it. If you know damn well you barely get in your car because all you do is sit at home and watch Netflix and eat fucking hot Cheeto puffs and shit, why do you have a car? If you're using your car when you feel like it or randomly, why do you have a car? You're probably paying like what? $500 a month, $200 on insurance, and collectively, if you think about all the expenses when it comes to gas, maintaining, clean, your car probably costs about $1,000 a month. If you don't need a car, is $1,000 a month on a car really worth it? Or at most... Or as low, $600 a month. Is it really, really worth it? Do you really need a car? And if you do have a car, you ever maybe want to consider buying a car? Try to save up at least five racks for a good year or a good two years. It's possible. It's just $500 a month. I know that's expensive, but it's possible. Put aside a month, $500. Put aside a month, at least $300. Try to save up a good six to eight racks. Maybe Uber everywhere. Maybe take the bus. Maybe walk places. If you can conveniently walk because you live in a city that's close to everything, walk. Save your money. Put that eight racks, seven racks, and buy a car. Buy a nice Toyota Prius. Buy a nice little a nice little Volkswagen. Buy a nice little Acura. A car that's reasonable and it's yours. Because guess what? That car is going to last you like a good three years. 
So now you don't gotta worry about no car payment. All you gotta worry about is insurance. And insurance probably costs you about like $200 a month. Shit, I don't got a fucking car. I Uber every motherfucking word. Oh, I'll walk when I can walk. If I could walk, if that shit is like fucking a 13 minute walk or a 25 minute walk, bitch, I will walk. I'm gonna fuck up with a 25 minute walk because guess what? I got my headphones. I'm walking down the street. I get some exercise. I'm listening to my music, keeping up with my podcast, keeping up with my YouTube videos. And I get to save money on a car. And all I had to do was just walk. It makes you live longer. You get to save money. And I don't need a fucking car. I mostly just stay my ass home, check emails, film videos, watch television, keep up with podcasts, read books, and work on other business ventures at my computer. Realistically, I be seeing so many people be driving around these nice fancy cars they lease and finance because one, it makes them feel good that they have a nice car, which it's fine to spurge on yourself, but they realistically do that because they want to look good in the parking lot. They want their friends and their co-workers to look at them like, ooh, ooh la la, this ugly raggedy bitch that I don't even like is impressing me with this fucking car. You know? Stop trying to impress people that you don't even like or who don't even know you like that. You don't have to go to college to be wealthy. You don't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what field of work you go in or if you got, got out of college and you work this amazing job because it don't matter if you make six figures a year. I don't give a fuck how much money you make because guess what? It's not about how much you make. Like I said at the beginning of this video, it's how much you keep. How much you keep relates to pension plans, 401ks, 403bs, retirement plans. Saving for a rainy day, your piggy bank that you can't open, paying yourself first. How much are you keeping? Do you pay yourself first? Can you genuinely look at all the money you have in your retirement, your pension plans, your 401ks, and say that you're saving enough? Because it's the same that goes. If, if it doesn't hurt how much you're saving, then you're not saving enough. As long as your bills are paid and you've got some spare change to save, I know it hurts that you can't touch it. But it'll benefit you in the long run. If you stay ready, you don't have to worry about getting ready. So, hope everybody learned something from this video, podcast. Shout out to everybody on Patreon watching the actual video. Shout out to everybody on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeart, wherever the fuck you listen to this to. I really fucking appreciate y'all for fucking with this podcast. I would have did a video about this, but honestly, I prefer to do a podcast. Some of y'all don't give a fuck about me just chomping on a fucking alligator, talking about licking my kitty finger, my poom poom pranks. Some of y'all genuinely are interested in hearing my advice and my take and my personal aspect on things. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. I love y'all so much. I'm stepping my podcast cookies up all 2022. Happy New Year. And, yeah, that's that. Time out is over. <laughs>